0: It's probably one of the most famous speeches in the world, and this speech always moves me because the passion Dr. King exhibits is one of a kind. It is without doubt one of the most famous speeches ever made throughout history, and yet it was less...
1: Action is a foundational key to all success. By Pablo Picasso. Welcome to another exciting episode of podcast with Sheila. With me today is Kuti Biasek. Kuti is a renowned voiceover artist and an executive voice and speech coach. Today she'll be sharing with us insights about her job and how the journey has been so far. Hello, Kuti, hi, and welcome to Sheila. podcast. Thank with you
0: for having me.
1: It's a delight to have you on our show today. Um, then your posts that you put on uh, LinkedIn. That caught my eye, actually, and that was what made me get into contact with you, and that was your quote about um, the contract you had with National Geographic. I'll be excited for us to talk about it today, but let's hold on to that, and then let's start from the top. So do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share with us today?
0: Favorite quote? There are a few quotes that I really like, and I even use it in some of my classes. But I think the one that stands out for me right now is a quote by Rumi, the Turkish poet Rumi, and it's it goes something like, um, "Raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder." Wow! So it's yeah. So it's related to um, using kindness when you speak, instead
1: of shouting. Is that like using kind words and soft tones instead of shouting? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> okay. Tell us a little bit about Kuti. Who is Kuti? Where does she come from, and all of that, just so that our listeners will get to know who our guest is for today.
0: Okay. Um. I'm from Malaysia. Malaysia is in Southeast Asia. For those who are not familiar, we live at the um. We're we're basically neighbors with Singapore, Thailand, and Indonesia. So that's the region that we're in. I'm a voiceover artist and I'm a voice and speech coach. I've been doing this for the past 30 over years, something that, that I, I'm quite used to doing now. And my whole, my whole career revolves around speaking and using my voice <laughs> or broadcast purposes. Yeah.
1: What is the job of a voiceover artist?
0: Right. A voiceover artist is someone who companies or individuals hire to speak for their brand or their company where I'm not seen, only heard. So you only use my voice, not my face. So it goes over a piece of video or an animation and it's broadcasted either on TV, radio, cinema nowadays online internet yeah so even on the phone or even announcement on the plane or on bus or tube any kind of announcement that has to be broadcasted requires a voiceover artist and that's what i do people engage me to speak and read their scripts
1: impressive so how has the journey been so far as
0: a voiceover artist it's been quite good actually in fact, the last two years, since March 2020 last year, in in Malaysia, um, it was announced in our country to go on lockdown because of COVID-19. So we were all stuck at home. We were all unable to work suddenly, and you know it was a cause of concern. How are we going to create income? So before that announcement was made, I quickly. Uh, started to gather whatever I need to bring my recording things at home. So normally I would go out to the studios to record, but now I had to upskill myself and learn how to create recordings and record things at home. So it was a learning curve for me. I had to learn how to use uh, digital softwares. I had to purchase the right kind of microphone, and you know set all that up so that it's acceptable, you know, for broadcast and recording. Quality. So that was a good good experience. And because of that swift move, I was able to continue to do work. And that, that has enabled me to still continue create, to create an income. And for someone like me, that's very important because I am a single mother. I'm a widow my husband passed away 5 years ago i still have dependents at home and so it's important for me to continue to to have a stable income at home yeah so it was it was a good experience for me and and i'm grateful that i'm able to do all these things still I think that there's one thing for me that is why, and I always say, there's one thing that COVID has
1: taught all of us is to diversify. So we have yeah. to learn to do things differently from what we are used to. And on the whole, I think it's not been that bad because it's given us a, a bigger horizon, like to expand and explore. And then in the process, we found ourselves to do better at saying things we didn't even know we'd we'll be good at. Yes, yeah. exactly. You're right. Yeah, and they're excelling and everybody is now on the internet
0: mm-hmm.
1: and on social media. So we've had to learn to bring our things or our business from the physical face-to-face onto the internet. So we now we know that for me, I used to run yes. face-to-face classes. Now I know that we can explore the virtual and work as well. So you can do both things. So it's actually broadening things up for us. One thing I want to ask, how did it start for you? Why did you choose to be a voiceover artist? Okay.
0: You that right, I didn't choose to be a voiceover artist. And in fact, I didn't even know what it was until I started working in an advertising agency. I was a young executive in an international advertising agency handling clients' accounts. Okay, so during that process, I had to observe the production of commercials being made and things like that. And I had my own set of clients. And one day, one of my clients, Yellow Pages, that was this was a long time ago <laughs> when Yellow Pages was still in existence. I'm not sure if, if it still exists, it uh, but uh, <laughs> 30 years ago, um, Yellow Pages was my client and they needed a, a voiceover talent really urgently. I can't remember why it was so urgent at that time. So I I did it for them in three different languages. Um, And soon after that, I got paid. And when you're at that age, a young young early 20s I was, and you got extra money just by speaking a few words, I thought, oh cool, I wanna do more of this. How do I do that? So I was told to go to a recording studio and audition myself so that they can keep my voice sample in their studio, in a recording studio, proper studio. And I did that. So I did it in English, Bahasa Malaysia, and in different styles as well. They'll give you all sorts of scripts to to do uh, so that you can showcase what you can do with your speaking abilities. So there'll be one hard sell one, there'll be a nurturing one, an announcer, narrative style. You just do whatever you can. And two weeks later, I got called for an official job. Uh, an actual paying one. And it started from there. So from that one studio, it grew to a different studio. And soon after that, all the studios in Kuala Lumpur started to book me and I've been doing it ever since. It hasn't stopped since that time, more than 30 years ago. Yeah. Would you
1: say that being a voiceover artist is a secure job? Like it can take care of you Mm. and family?
0: That's a really good question uh yes and no yes i would say yes because it is doing that for me right now however no because there's a certain sense of insecurity behind it because it is not it is only viable if it is consistent if you know for sure that you will be getting jobs all the time so the nature of this work is that uh you you need to be booked for jobs And so therefore, there's this whole waiting game. There's a waiting process, like, am I going to get called? Am I going to get booked? So when you don't have that security, then it's a little bit, it's it's unsure, right? What your income is going to be like. So um, the only way it can support you or a family is if you can market yourself in such a way that you get consistent streams of income um which is why i have also uh skilled myself to become a trainer when my husband passed away having had the you know many years of experience using my voice i decided to be certified as a trainer so that i can create a different side of that uh career by teaching others so that can be uh something that you can go into
1: Mm. Does one require um, some sort of training to become a voiceover artist? Or anybody who has a good voice or speaks well can just decide to go into it without any training at all? Or you actually need to go through some training to become one?
0: I think if you have some kind of exposure to uh, expressive delivery of, of voice or articulation, it's a very good start already, you know what I mean? Um, For example, if if you've had exposure to speech and drama and theater work, it would definitely be a good start. However, if you haven't had, but you have an awareness of your own voice and your own voice resonance and what you can do with it, it's also a very good start, right? And from there, uh, by exposing yourself to different types of scripts, different clients, you will learn along the way, and from there you will be able to um, diversify and be more versatile in the way you speak and sound, and also know what you can't do, <laughs> as, as well as knowing what you can do. But there are areas that I'm not good at. For example, you know, like uh, certain character voices. Now, at my age, it would be quite strenuous for me to 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 do over long periods of time. So know what you're good at, which area you can hone in on and work on that and market yourself in that way. So, yeah, the, treat it, if you treat it like a business and market yourself well, I think it can work. But if you're just waiting for people to call you and just sitting around, not doing anything apart from that, then no, I don't think that's going to work.
1: Great, great. What has been some of the challenges and some successes on this journey? Have you
0: had it? Voiceover work, you mean?
1: Voice,
0: yeah, voiceover work. Yeah. Some challenges would be, um, like I said, not knowing when you'll get jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm fortunate and grateful that for me, I have, I seem to have a consistent, um, you know, schedule of work every week. Um, however. I can't take it for granted, right? So that is one one of the challenges. The second would be whilst you are doing the work, there are certain scripts that may be challenging. Um, For example, I've had to do a text-to-speech recording job earlier this year. Text-to-speech is AI. You know how uh, some soft digital softwares now, they they have these digital voices. So I had to provide the voice for that system. And uh, that would require me to record thousands of possible words for this company. And it it took me over four months actually to complete this work. Four months where I had to be in the recording booth for three hours at a time and nonstop speaking. So to me, that was really challenging. <laughs> It may sound easy, even though it's just speaking, but it's not. You have to be a certain energy. You have to maintain that smile. You have to give... give The tone of the
1: voice also has to be consistent,
0: is it? It has to be consistent. The minute you dip in energy, it will pick up in their system and you have to repeat. So there were many um, re-recordings that I had to do. So that was one of the challenging jobs. Um, One of my favorite jobs... I love doing documentaries (laughs) and uh, corporate videos because it's different every time and I learn something new about that company or about that subject and it's usually subject matter that I may not know about but I have to go through it and speak like I'm an expert in that subject and that forces me to really um, interpret and understand the the subject uh, before I can deliver it so I love doing that. So that's, that's my favorite type of work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Any special training you do with your voice, just to make sure that your voice is always at the tone that it's supposed to be. I remember when I was growing up and I was in the choir and mm. we usually do voice training and mm. we'll be told not to take chilled drinks or hot drinks because they say they crack theirs you know the voice called or something something do you have to take care of your voice because for you it's your voice that is actually making money for you so you have to definitely keep guard over it because anytime Mm -hmm. you are called your voice will have to be good enough yeah is there something Um, special you do i i
0: am i am conscious about my voice and i can tell when i'm not at my most best you know voice quality i don't know whether it's picked up by you know regular people who listen to me speak but I can tell when it's not Uh, and I can tell also that my voice is different today than when it was say more than 10 years ago I think it has to do with age Um, (laughs) I think voice does age it gets deeper and because I use my voice extensively I think uh, there's some it's rough around the edges nowadays but then at the same time, it does create some depth to it. So like I said, when you're young, you make use of that time. So people will use you more for the younger products. Like I noticed that I don't get called much to do makeup jobs or, you know, (laughs) mascara and things like that. But I'm more towards the mature scripts, you know, corporate videos, uh, documentaries, voice with authority, so knowing that, I make use of that opportunity, and I'm okay with it. So understand how you sound. Uh, and to answer your question about how I take care of my voice, it's true that I try and drink more warm drinks um, whenever I can. I don't avoid drinking. I mean, I love fizzy drinks sometimes, and, uh, you know... <laughs> All the things that we shouldn't be drinking, um, uh, cold drinks. I love it. I don't avoid it, but before and after uh, important jobs, I do refrain from too much dairy, uh, milk. You know things like that because it does produce phlegm, and we don't want that to obstruct the way you sound. But uh, yeah, I'm not a very good example of someone who who's very disciplined in that. But I do drink herbal teas a lot.
1: Great. Hmm. Tell us about your National Geographic uh, contract. Oh, okay. I, re- I read about that. You said is one of the biggest jobs you've been
0: hoping to. It's, um, okay. I was called by the film production company to to do the voiceover for their documentary. So when they asked me to provide a sample they send off that sample for approval. And it was only later that they they told me it was for National Geographic. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh oh my God. I've always wanted to do something like that, but I never knew what was the channel or how to go about doing it. But of course uh, your voice has to go over a piece of film, obviously, and someone has to produce that film. And I think the providers of um, film work I mean, they're from all over the world, right? So this particular film company uh, was the one that had the contract to um air it over national geographic channel so actually my contract is not with national geographic it's with the film production company but it will be aired on national geographic so that's the the situation there but i'm thrilled you know (laughs) i mean i i love it
1: (laughs) wait do you think that if you had an idea that it was going to be for national geographic your preparation for the script would have been different Mm,
0: no it would still be the same. It would still be the same. Hmm.
1: Because when I read it, when I read your story, I was thinking probably when she, if she thought or if she knew that it was going to be for National Geographic, she would have prepared differently maybe because it's I, a had, already,
0: I had already submitted my sample when I was told on that same day that it was for National Geographic. And that was when I thought, hmm, did I do okay? But uh, I mean, I would have done it the same way because uh, whether it's for National Geographic or, you know, any, any s- station, I would give my best. So that was already my best um, delivery. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a less, less you know, uh, impactful <laughs> voice sample to somebody who is not National Geographic. It would still be at my best.
1: <laughs> Can you <laughs> do a voice sample for us now?
0: A voice sample? Uh, (laughs) Okay. um, All right. I'm just grab something here. Okay. So normally if I get a script, I would read through what the script is about uh, to whom I think this would be for, right? The listeners. Is it for young adults? Mm -hmm. Is it for working professionals? Is it for nurturing moms? So the tone will be different depending on what it's about, right? So, okay, I've got here something related to Martin Luther King (laughs) in some of my notes for some of my students. So it's just basically uh, communicating why that speech is so powerful, the I have a dream speech. So if this was an educational platform, I would be very descriptive and very clear. And I would say something like, okay, an introduction, all right? So... It's probably one of the most famous speeches in the world. And this speech always moves me because the passion Dr. King exhibits is one of a kind. It is without doubt, one of the most famous speeches ever made throughout history. And yet it was less than 11 minutes in length.
1: because you could see the smiles on my face and I was just enjoying it you know your voice has it has some soothing feel, effects to it and it's a kind of voice that you listen and you want to hear more
0: Oh, well, thank you so much okay, so but I you know to... what you sound good too I mean you have this really um really sort of nice accent that's quite endearing to listen to <laughs> exotic you know (laughs) sometimes you don't actually value what you have or you don't actually
1: know that you have something until somebody points it out to you so you're saying you're saying this to me for the first time i'm hearing this you know
0: because there are some amazing speakers with accents and this is something that i always tell my students that never think that you have to speak like (laughs) like you know you don't have to sound like the queen (laughs) in order for you to to be heard or or to be accepted you speak as you are but make sure you speak clearly and with with pace with good pace and of course speak with passion about whatever it is that you're speaking about
1: wow this is a good tip Mm -hmm. or good advice and i think it's well said seriously i think it's well said so Kuti, how has this journey um, helped your life so far
0: Mm. well i think the most the most profound moment was was really the time when my husband passed away yeah because because he passed away suddenly i was not prepared for what was to happen afterwards um I was doing voiceovers before anyway so that has always been my income my source of income but back then I worked you know to create income for myself so that you can go shopping and you know get stuff for the kids and things like that but suddenly I was uh I realized that I had to to you know be the breadwinner in the family right and my kids were in school and stuff like that so I knew that I needed to to do more so that was why I I decided wow I've been spoiled before you know I've been spoiled and this is something that I always um tell my kids try to always be financially independent exactly
1: Exactly. exactly Yeah, I think that when I started this podcast, that was a topic we used to discuss a lot because when I started, I just opened it up to women and Mm -hmm. I've always um, empowered women. So I was, I've been passionate about women and children until later some other men came into contact and said they wanted to come on podcast. So I opened it up, but it was initially started for women. And this was some of the. this was actually a topic that we kept talking about almost every time there was an episode Mm -hmm. that is is advisable for every woman to have a little money of their own yes because for me that is the only way we we can take back our power as women it's not like to lord over our husbands with what we have no. But that yes. is the only time we have something that is actually ours. You know, mm-hmm. we can dip our hands into our pockets, into our bags, and bring mm-hmm. out something that we have worked for. Yes, so yes. Sometimes when you talk to some women and they're like, um, I don't want to work, I don't, I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I wish that I have the power to make every woman know that is important. Yes, it is. And I keep saying that even if your husband gives you everything in the world, if your husband is um, the most wealthiest person in the world, you still have to work at least whatever he's giving you, put it into you somewhere because you don't know when you're going to need that coming back to you. And I'm excited that at least for the first time we have somebody who's experienced everything we've talked about, share it and make it come to life that what we've been talking about is really true, yeah. that we really, really need to.
0: Yeah, Yeah. even if, um, I'm grateful and thankful that my late husband allowed me to work. I mean, not to say that he he would disallow me, but I think there are some marriages where they either disallow, or like you said, the, the wives themselves don't want to, or they feel like they don't know what to do. I don't know, but I would say try and find something, even if it's if it seems unimportant to most people, something that, like you said, that you can do. Yeah. And if you can't work, I don't know, park some money somewhere, yeah. somewhere, mm-hmm. you know?
1: I also think that there is a fear of starting something and you think you're going to fail at it. That is what yes. is some women not want to start at all. Yes. But I'll say start it anyway because nothing comes easy you know you definitely have your ups and downs up and low moments you have places where doors will not be open to you and but i always say that whatever you are looking for whether you're knocking on a door for it to be open for you for a business or any the only thing they can say is no and no will not kill you and Mm -hmm. that actually empowers you so you keep going until you get a yes so for um, i believe for 10 no's you get you definitely get one yes somewhere And that will be the beginning of the light through the tunnel you're seeing. So you keep going, going, going. I think that we should just try. For me, my children are my source of uh, inspiration, if I say, because when I look at them, I see that I have to do more.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: I cannot let them down because my mother didn't let me down. Hmm. And that is what I keep as my benchmark, not as my benchmark, because definitely I have to be better than my mom, as every child, as my little girl who aim to be better than me. Yeah, so I have to be better than my mom. And the mark my mom sets for us is big. So if I have to be better than her, and wow. <laughs> the kind of education I had, my mom gave us, my mom didn't get that. So if at that level she was able to do the things she did for us, then I have no excuse. So when I look at the children, I can't feel them. I have to keep going. Well, their father is there. Yes, he's still in our lives. hes I'm so married to him and all. But I have to make sure I'm also doing my best. So they look at me as a source of inspiration. And I'm definitely sure my daughter will be looking at me, just like I'm also looking at my mom and saying I have to do more. So she will also be looking at me and doing more. Now, if I'm not doing anything, what example am I setting for her? Yeah. yeah. What's she looking at? What will she be aiming at doing? Will she have to be looking at someone else's mom to be (laughs) like them? So all of that is something that plays back to me. And I'm thinking, no, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. I can never stop. And Mm. they are my motivation. So Mm. so I'll be excited that all the moms listening to us can start from somewhere. And and at least if they're looking for some source of motivation, they should be looking at their children as their source of motivation.
0: Yeah. They should ask themselves why. So I think Simon Sinek had a book out recently. What's your why? Why do you do anything? So ask yourself why. So my kids are my why. Your kids are your why. Right. If you have no reason, that's probably you need to find a reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is well said. This is well said. Do you have any tips and advice on how to become a successful voiceover artist?
0: Um, I would say to understand your voice first and ensure that you can speak fluently. If, if that direction doesn't work, then at least know what is your style of speaking because for example, you have an uh, an like what African slang, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, African, what, yeah, Ghana, right? Okay. So that is your accent, and you can work towards it. Showcase that to the studios, so that when they need someone with that, they will look for you or at least have you <laughs> in mind. You know, so work with what you have, and if you want to expand and be more versatile. Then you have to improve the way you speak and sound, so that you can cover other types of deliveries. Mm-hmm. So if you just if you can only do just one thing, then you're not expanding yourself to other things like documentaries mm-hmm. or phone systems or announcements or you know things like that. So there's other types of uh, voice work that you can do. So in order for you to be successful, it's good to be versatile. So that's what you need to work towards and market yourself well. Great,
1: great, great, great.
0: So as a voice and speech coach, how can one prepare
1: themselves for a business presentation and everything else that has to do with public speaking?
0: <laughs> okay. So using your voice for public speaking or for work purposes is diff- slightly different from doing voiceovers, yeah? <laughs> because voiceovers, you have to engage according to the script that you're given. So I could be a a, a worried mom one time and then I could be a professor another time or I have to be authoritative another time depending on what I'm doing. But when you are a speaker um, for work, you are yourself or you should be yourself, right? But you do need to use certain elements so that the listeners can... um, respond to your ideas and your uh, message in a more captivating way yeah. right because your your job is to present your ideas and transfer your message to the listeners how do you engage them how do you transfer your information in the way that they listen yeah. understand and are not confused by what you say so this is a different thing altogether so it requires um Effective voice, uh, breath control, you know, flexibility of your speech organs. I'm sure you've done that. You, you were yes. in a choir before, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the way, the way you speak, you know, you don't just make sure it's not just a flat monotone. Make sure there's highs and lows so that the listener is captivated by you, mm. right? And um, transfer the emotions as well through the way you speak. So it's not just... Mm -hmm. about what you say it's how you say it like that phrase goes right
1: (laughs) exactly 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 well just before we wrap up would you have any general advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs out there
0: advice for entrepreneurs i'm constantly looking for advice too (laughs) i'm 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 like a serial learner i i always observe other people Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a curious sort. So I would say, don't stop being curious. You know, uh, learn from other people uh, and have some humility when you do learn from other people. It doesn't matter from who. Uh, absorb what they do, learn from them and take what works for you, discard what does not work for you <laughs> or it's not good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and uh, continuously learn. You know that thing
1: that you just said about um, learn from people and don't be bothered about who you're learning from. It just drew my attention to one episode I had earlier that this lady was into giving grants to women in the rural areas hmm. back in Ghana, and she said sometimes you you be amazed at the kind of things you can learn from women in that group
0: because
1: oh, yeah. yeah because you think that you have your doctorate you have your master's you have your doctorate you are polished, you are the you are their boss you're the one giving them money to start a business and they live in the interior the tier parts yes. of africa and they've never been to school they are not even educated and all that but the amount of knowledge they have on saying things or on life in general will be amazed the things they can teach you so when you just said uh, don't be bothered about where you're learning that that was immediately
0: that was what rang the bell and came into my mind that it could be anybody teaching you something and it could even be you could even learn from someone far younger than you sometimes even a teenager i mean my teenage kids sometimes come up with the wisest things and i'm like whoa (laughs) where did that come from (laughs) you know yeah you know, it's the way they think and
1: the things they say. Sometimes my son says something, he's just seven years old, and I wonder, where did he hear that from? And <laughs> I ask him, sometimes I ask him, You just I just know it. Or, well, I, I watched a documentary and I got to know, I, I, I barely have time to watch documentaries, but if he's watching and he's telling me, at least he's keeping me up to date, why wouldn't I learn from him? You know, so yeah. just like you said, you can learn from little children and all that. Wow, yes. that's
0: young yeah, I think the key is to... To be, to be curious, keep an open mind, open yourself up to learn. Because you're just always closed off and defensive, then you're yeah. not going to learn anything from anyone. <laughs> so
1: true. So true. So true. Sometimes my dad would say, what can you teach me? I'm older than you.
0: I'm older than you. I
1: know everything in this world. Where, where we keep that attitude, you don't learn anything. Because you think you're older and you, you should be the one that people will be learning from. But rather, because these days, the young folks are learning a lot yeah so yeah that's so 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 true i really enjoyed this episode so where can our listeners connect with you
0: i'm on linkedin a lot recently (laughs) i would say only the just like you i wasn't very busy on linkedin before Mm -hmm. it's only the last four or five months that i've been busy Mm -hmm. because my other um social media account was hacked so i decided to um get busy on this one and it has proven to be very, very good because, yeah. well, we're connected. Yeah. We're <laughs> I think it was,
1: was one of my social media sites I would never have even thought of visiting for any reason because I thought, I think at a point it was a bit boring though, I think. But now it's changed. A lot more people, knowledgeable people, people who are focused and know what they want and going. They are there, so when you're mm-hmm. even looking for serious-minded people, I think mm-hmm. LinkedIn should be the place to go. Mm-hmm. And um, just like you said, I had I've had the accounts for years, and I've never been bothered about it. I think in the past two or three months was when I've been very active on LinkedIn, and I've not mm-hmm. regretted it. Trust me,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think that I'm beginning to love going on LinkedIn rather than the other social media sites. Right?
0: And,
1: yeah, and I'm excited because I've gotten very guests from LinkedIn. I think that most of the guests I've brought in onto podcast with Sheila have come from LinkedIn and they've mm. all come with, you know, very great stories, very inspiring stories. You can see that these are people who have been through the mill. They know what they're talking about and their experiences are making, shaping lives and I'm getting good response out of it. So yeah. I'm not marketing for LinkedIn, but I think that they are the best.
0: No, I mean, I understand. I understand for sure. It's been It's been quite eye-opening as well for me being on linkedin exactly Wow.
1: if you've been listening in this has been season two episode 25 of our podcast series where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us do not miss out on all these lovely experiences subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released we have a video presentation of this episode on our youtube channel just search for podcast with Sheila" on youtube and you'll find us until we meet again have a brilliant week